Welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. On this week's episode, we are debunking and demystifying all of the nutrition and fitness myths that are out there. Me, Kim, and Nicole talk everything to do with lifting weights, protein, carbs, and if they make you fat, why cardio might not be the answer. And if you're not sore and if you're not sweating, are you really getting a good workout? We talk all about these things. And truthfully, they were all thoughts that we had when we first started in our own fitness journeys. And we wanted to debunk them and give you guys some solid facts. So we really hope you enjoy the episode. Please give me feedback on either Spotify or iTunes, or you can go onto my website, www.balancewithsam.com. And let's tune in to the episode now. Hello. Hello, Nicole. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm sucking on cough drops because I have a cold again and I don't want to have a coughing fit. Oh, gosh. Hi. I know. Hey, Sam. How's it going? Hi. Good. Nicole is uh, telling us she has a cold. She's trying to gonna try not to cough. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I have like something stuck. I have had something stuck in my throat for like two weeks, <clears throat> and not in a dirty way. Uh, just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so so glad that you cleared that up. <laughs> I know. I know you guys were thinking that. <laughs> well, I mean, well, when you're married, it's never in a dirty way, but when it's not, <laughs> it can be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we go right away since we're short on time today? Yeah, sorry guys, I have a freaking crazy day, so I didn't mean That's to like. Totally fine. Okay. It'll be it'll be good. Okay. So let's just pause talking, and then I'll start. Since, cool. Uh, I'm running it today, so we'll just pause here. Cool. Hello, ladies. Sam, Nicole, hello. Hi. Hello. Okay, so this is Decades of Strength Mythbusters edition. Woo. Let's do it. So this is what I'm thinking. We're going to go around and we'll just each take a turn naming one of the myths we hear a lot. And then we can each kind of give our two cents, um, you know, debunking that myth. Sound good? I love it. Sounds good. All right, Sam, let's start with you. All right. So I think one of the biggest myths I hear for mostly females um, is that lifting weights will make you bulky or, you know, bulky. yeah, like the Hulk and kind of too too muscular yes okay so what what do you say when you hear that i say yeah don't you want to turn into the hulk yes um no i i basically explained to them that that is a common misconception but truthfully females don't have nearly enough testosterone to you know gain muscle that fast um i think it's like 130th or something like that of the amount that males have Mm -hmm. so um it takes many 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 years to build muscle and it's a way slower process than losing fat um so lifting weights if anything is going to just reshape your body um, and help you burn more calories at rest because muscle will burn more calories and fat. Absolutely. Nicole, what do you have to add to that? Um, yeah. So I always explain to women, like, you know, I get what you're talking about. You see the women on Instagram, um, who are very muscular, like, you know, there's a lot of women who do CrossFit who are very big and very muscular. And I always explain it does take years to get that way. So if you think that you're going to pick up a couple of 10-pound dumbbells and wake up the next morning and look like that, like you're insulting 
women who have worked for years to try and look like that and get to that level. And it, it just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are very unclear about the timeline for that kind of look. Um, and of course, genetics plays a role in this. And some people do gain muscle faster than others. But that being said, it's still going to be very slow. And the great thing is at any point when you, you look at yourself in the mirror and think that's all the muscle I want, then cool. Like it's never going to just overnight be too much, which I think is really reassuring for women to hear that it's not like it can pop up. I, you know, guys, I kind of really wish it could. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the other thing to keep in mind too, which I'm sure we'll address more, but like, it's not even possible to build muscle unless you're eating in a calorie surplus. So, you know, in, unless you're a very, very new person to uh, strength training, mm-hmm. like a total beginner or like super obese or like if you're on steroids. So you can't yes. simultaneously build muscle and lose fat unless you're in probably one of those three categories. Uh, but like, you're exactly. not going to bulk up if you're, if not, you're not eating more food. <laughs> Yeah. And so nutrition is a big piece of it. So when you see these women with the bigger muscles, know that they are eating for that look and you can eat for the look that you want. Yeah. And I think another thing too is um, I've had women say to me before, well, I went and strength trained and now my pants are tighter. And I'm, I'm always like, well, listen, you didn't gain a half an inch in quads from one day. I'm like, you might have a little pump going on from the workout. (laughs) You know, I never like plan to wear tight jeans and do a heavy leg day that day. You know what I mean? And again, I think it comes back to diet. When people are with all of the stuff we're going to talk today about today, it seems really believable. And when you're just unsure, because there is so much misinformation out there, any little change in how your pants fit or what the scale says kind of plays with Mm -hmm. your mind. And so, you know, maybe who knows, maybe the same time they, they had that workout maybe they ate a whole bunch of salt or maybe they ate a bunch of carbs or maybe they're about to have their period. And so I think it's just really important for people to hear the facts so that they can like talk themselves out of all the kinds of um, fears that come in your yeah, mind. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else on that myth before we move on to another one? No, but I love how we're just like attacking these. We're like, no, <laughs> it's not going to be all right people you know and then also i do think it's important with this one to to note that what's bulky to one person is not bulky true, to another. true and you know we all have our own ideas about that and it's all valid and it's all fine and we all get to pick our own goals yeah i think that's a that's such a good point actually because like everything is really subjective you know when it comes to aesthetics when it comes to when you look at someone or when you look at yourself like oh I'm too fat oh I'm too skinny oh I'm too muscular oh I'm not enough you know it's like that's your your opinion you know it's which is based on a bunch of other experiences in your past and what might seem like a really muscular woman maybe you and I would be like no she's I mean she has muscle but she's not like like you know yeah so I think it's just understanding that like your your view of something might be just a little bit skewed based on your um, experience or like how much you know about that you know that subject yeah and just and just your personal preference and it's just important to know that you can train for whatever goals you want yeah you don't have to feel pressure to train for somebody else's goals Okay, Nicole, give us another myth. Um, so I'm going to stick with the bulky part. And um, I've had a few women tell me that when they eat protein, um, it bulks them up, uh, that they feel bulkier and that they've gained weight. And so 
Um, this always bugs me too, because you can't, I think that protein and lifting kind of go hand in hand for women as far as, um, myths, because they think of bodybuilders who mm-hmm. eat a lot of protein and lift a lot of heavy weights. And so they kind of like group these together when, if you are getting bulky, it's probably not the protein. It's probably your total calories. Um, maybe your mm. and by probably carbs. you mean definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. and by, <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to clarify. You mean hundred <laughs> yeah. percent? I mean, yeah, and exactly. And they could have, had, and like Kim said before, you might be getting your period, so you might be extra bloated from that. There could be other things going on, but if you're just, you know adding in a little bit of if you're just eating more protein but keeping your calories the same you're not going to get bulkier um so there's probably something else going on it's not all the lean protein you're adding to your diet so that's one for me okay yeah that's actually not one i've heard sam um how about you is this something you've uh, had experience with people expressing that concern um i may have had a few uh but i think it's actually mostly the reverse i've gotten a lot of good feedback from a lot of my clients where when i tell them how much protein they should be aiming for like a protein target or like a range they're mm-hmm. like holy shit that's so much protein what am i supposed to do with that <laughs> so yeah. i'll help them like break yeah. it down like all right well if you eat three meals a day try to aim for this many grams or whatever it is um and they notice that they stay a lot more full and they you know this this is probably not this is just like perception but they're like i already feel leaner you know and if if that's working for them then hell yeah you know but i do think I mean, it could go either way. I have had some, like, Nicole, like you were saying. They're like, oh. Because I, I think I imagine when people say, like, you need more protein, like, you guzzling protein shakes, like Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, you know, like, yeah. which is not, like, what we're talking <laughs> about. We're just saying, like, okay, just have, like, a little bit bigger portion of chicken breast at your meal rather than loading up on other stuff, you know, just, like, make it protein-dense or protein-centric like and then go over from there. Yeah. So going along with that, I guess let's talk about the other macronutrients because we hear all this one a lot. I'm sure we'll be very familiar to both of you. Carbs make me fat. That's what I hear all the time. People are afraid of carbs, that carbs are going to either one, actually make them gain weight or two, at a minimum, prevent them from losing. Yeah. So what do you ladies say to that? Um, I'll go first, I guess. I think that carbs can make you gain weight. But it's not fat. And and what I mean is, like, it can make you hold water, which will increase your weight if you just, like, eat mm-hmm. a shit ton of them um, in one serving. And so I think that's where people feel, like, this sense of, like, oh, but I ate so many carbs and now I'm really, like, can't fit into my pants. It's like, well... Mm-hmm. Carbs, you know, they bind to a water molecule and they are going to make you bloat a little bit. So you're going to feel a little bit bigger. And I think psychologically that that does, like, give you rationale to think, like, oh, I got to eat, like, as low carb as possible. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've been in that. I've totally, like, done that in the past. Like, I'm going to eat minimal carbs. No carbs. Carbs are bad. Uh, but I'm like, no, carbs are – if you go one day without eating any carbs, like, starchy carbs, anyways, intentionally, and the next day – you know, you're, you got some potatoes, rice, quinoa, whatever, bread, um, you can notice a serious difference in your performance, your energy, your workouts, uh, probably mm-hmm. your mood. Cause I get like carb hangry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it just kind of keeps things like regulated. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on it. Nicole. Yeah. I mean, 
I think where all this comes from is that whenever someone does cut out carbs from their diet, they see this instant drop in the scale because of the water weight they've lost. And they think, oh my gosh, I lost all this weight so quickly. It must be the carbs. Um, And then they try and keep going with it. And then they realize they can't keep up with it. Yep. (laughs) They start eating them again. And then the scale starts going back up again because of now you've you've depleted all that water weight and now you're adding it back. And so they're like, now I'm eating carbs and I've gained the weight again. And so it's that psychological. And I think that's where it comes from because I've had to explain to every, like so many clients, like the science behind every gram of carb that you eat comes with three to four ounces of water. So like, that's how it works. And I don't, no one really knows that. Yes. And I think that's the, the, the tricky thing for people. Cause again, they see this reflected in a moment in time and they assume that, you know, carbs equal weight gain, weight gain equals fat. So therefore carbs are making me fat and I can't eat them. Um, and you know, I think for people, what I would say is try it, try eating in a calorie deficit while eating carbs and see what happens. Yes. And don't, and don't panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that can, and that can be really hard. And then I think once people, you know, the proof is in the pudding. I think once people see like, okay, this is actually working. I am losing weight. I mean, I don't think I have a single client who eats um, no carb. I mean, I don't have any keto clients. I have, I don't have any clients. I think who eat super low carb. Um, I don't eat super low carb. I know plenty of people who don't, not that it's wrong too. You can absolutely do it. It is a way to lose weight, but it's not. Required. Yeah. It's, I think it comes down to preference, right? Like yeah. if you prefer higher fat or if you prefer higher carb, I think it'll just be, it could be genetically what you, um, uh, you know, prefer, or it could just be like, you like the taste of certain foods, but Either way, I think if you look at like case studies of people that try keto, which for everyone listening, like keto is where mm-hmm. you're pretty much eliminating all uh, carbs and only having like trace carbs from, I don't even know, like protein and in, in a lot of veggies and stuff. Um, so is it like less than what, 5% of your calories are coming from carbs? Yeah, and it's the, like it's I'm like less than thirty sure. grams, I think. Yeah, so it's, it's very yeah. low. Yeah, less than and less than 30. 30 grams of carbs is like you get like one banana and you can't eat yeah. anything else that has any, any carbs in it, even trace, you know, I don't even know if you could have a banana. I think a banana <laughs> has like 22 grams of carbs in it. So that's yeah, like, that's, that's like maxing out probably. So you'd have to just like drink protein shakes for the rest of the day and eat like an avocado yeah. <laughs> or, or eggs or something. Yeah. Like. Um, but if yeah. you look at those people and then they do keto because they do it, but they don't really, you don't, they don't see that as a sustainable way to eat then like they can't see themselves doing that forever then what happens when they eat mm. eat carbs again like you balloon up because your body's like what the hell is this you know and you gain that weight back so yeah. carbs are your old friend yeah <laughs> carbs are good. and then you know and they they'll gain a little bit of weight back when they first reintroduce carbs for sure with the water weight but then it's going to come down to can they transfer to eating at maintenance, if they're still maintain, if they're maintaining or in a deficit, if they want to keep losing and reintroduce carbs. And it's just takes, it just takes, you know, a decision and practice to do that. Yeah, I think so go on. So oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the other thing too, is like a lot of people who are big um, advocators of the ketogenic diet, they're also like talking about the mental clarity that they have when they give up carbs. And I think a lot of times that's because um, you might be someone who was eating a lot of processed carbs 
and then mm. all of a sudden you give those up and yes you are probably going to have more mental clarity and focus if you were eating a bunch of junk and mm. if you would just cut out the processed carbs and maybe you know stuck to potatoes and rice and stuff that wasn't so processed and sugary you'd also see that difference in mental clarity that's such a good point actually i i think i don't know if we can segue to this a little bit but like the carbs thing usually when people think of carbs what they're actually thinking of is carbs in fat you know like Mm -hmm. donuts cake Mm -hmm. ice cream that if you look at the nutrition facts of those things those are primarily a a pretty balanced combo of carbs and fat maybe a little bit higher carb yeah but Mm -hmm. it's it's the fat that gives you the extra you know the extra caloric intake yeah and it's the fact that it's mixed with the carbs and they make them so super tasty you know they're hyper palatable and then we then we eat too much and that's and that's where the problem exactly so let let's throw out another one here kind of segueing from that eating healthy equals weight loss true or false Falls, ding, 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 ding. We need, we need like a bell. You are correct. <laughs> I had to guess. I mean, I had to like. I was like second guessing myself. Like, did I just answer that right? <laughs> no, I was like, I, I was like, actually didn't know what you asked. I didn't know. <laughs> what? what Sorry, I, 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 I will forgo any more quiz questions. <laughs> Everyone's gonna leave All this right. podcast thinking carbs are bad, proteins bad. Don't lift weights. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's hear it sam uh what do you think uh eating healthy equals weight loss yeah. people say it all the time i'm eating healthy why am i not losing weight i should be eating i should be losing weight i'm eating healthy well that was definitely a huge culprit for me the pa- the first two to three years of my uh fitness journey i was like doing it all right or so i thought and definitely like eating super clean um you know the occasional treat here or there but very clean and uh but what my problem was just portion size and calorie intake mm-hmm. so i may have been needed 1800 calories uh to lose weight or something like that and i was eating maybe like 2400 calories and it was good food but it's just too much for my requirements and so as soon as i kind of mm-hmm. got my portions under control it almost was like oh my god i can't believe it's taken me this long to realize this <laughs> and then then that's when the but that's so yeah. common. That's not uncommon even yeah. at all. Nicole, how about you? Um, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like a lot of people, even more specifying from eating healthy, but eating clean, you know, people think that they're eating healthy because they're getting the cookies that are organic and in the section of the grocery store. And it's like, they're still fucking cookies. Right. Like, you know, like whether it's an Oreo from the middle of the grocery store, which is, you know, the unhealthy place, or they're from the left yeah. side of the grocery store and they're organic, all natural, non-GMO, whatever. Cane yeah. yeah. sugar, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. All of those buzzwords that lead us to believe this is healthy, which isn't that interesting because those cookies are probably not all that super healthy anyway. They might be lacking some of the nonsense that are in the other cookies. And in any case, they're still. In any case, they're still more expensive by like three times. And in any case, they're still. And they they probably don't taste as good. Calories, you know, they might have. (laughs) That's they might have better ingredients, and whether that's going to help you long term or not, like whatever. If you can afford to buy them, great. But at the end of the day, if your goal is fat loss and not, you know, overall 
focused on overall overall health and you're just trying to lose fat, like they have the same calories. It's not going to help you lose fat. Right. Yeah. And I think it's really hard for people to, um, to see that unless they do some calorie counting. I know I have a lot of clients who are, they're just amazed when they first start counting calories, like how many calories are in like say granola, for example, that's one that really throws people because it's so annoying. I love granola. Oh my God. Oh, it's delicious. I'm like crying thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sam. Did I hit on a short subject? (laughs) You know, I I just saw somebody, um, I can't remember her name, Emily Spicer, uh, somebody I follow. She posted yesterday, it was like a a graphic about a cup of granola and how many calories are in it. It was the same as four bowls of fruit. Four Um, bowls. And I was like, no one would think that, right? They would think like a cup of granola, like that sounds like it's a weight loss food. And in reality, it might be quite healthy, but it's all about portion yeah. control. So maybe like just sprinkling some on your yogurt versus eating a big old bowl of right. it. Yeah, I portion out my granola because I know it's, it, and if I go over, it's like, all right, this is my splurge. I'm going all in on my granola. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all in on the granola. That's, that is definitely yeah. my uh, trigger food. The biggest trigger food for me, like in the whole world. The yeah, granola. I can't even have it in my house uh my roommates have it and I'm like tempted to like eat I'm like no Sam because once I start like it is one of those foods I have a really hard time stopping (laughs) yeah unless I weigh it well you know unless I weigh it which I don't weigh it Mm -hmm. so (laughs) yeah that's good that's super important information for people to know or what are those foods for themselves Mm -hmm. might not be granola okay so what else somebody uh throw out another myth I know I know um cardio is the most important thing for fat loss Yes, such a Oof, good one. Definitely what I I am guilty of this. Um maybe you guys are too. I don't know. Um when I yeah, for when sure. I started for, yeah. decades. Yep. Um like let's see how many spin classes I can do a week before I want to throw up. Um uh, <laughs> that was like my <laughs> my MO. And um I think now I'm doing maybe not at this exact moment, but when I was losing fat most, I was doing less cardio than I ever had. Uh, and I was just focused on strength training. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's everybody's go-to, right? They have, they have that moment where they're like, that's it. I'm going to lose weight. And what do they do? They go for a run, they hit the gym and get on the treadmill. It's the very first thing that comes to their mind. Like I'm going to lose weight. Therefore I have to yeah. do this. And there's nothing wrong with doing it. It's not bad for you. It's not that it's totally irrelevant. It's just not the place to put your focus um, which is uh, where, it, where it should be is on your nutrition. Right. I mean, I think, I think to be fair, running is the thing that doesn't require equipment. All you need is shoes. You know, you don't need to have, like, you don't need to be a skilled runner. You can, a run could be a jog mm-hmm. or a sprint. It could be, there's varying like difficulties. And it's, I feel like it's really approachable for new people in the gym because they know how to turn a treadmill yeah. on, right? Like, let's hope anyways. Um, just like there's yeah. a green go button. If you press that, it will probably start. <laughs> and you know yeah. how to walk. And you've walked because you're a human. Probably. <laughs> you know? So I think, I, I think we were talking to Susan about this actually, where she was like, um, you know, for people starting out in the gym, like, what do you recommend? If you've never been into the gym, just go into the gym and walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes just to kind of like feel like, okay, like confident in yourself. So like, by all means, go do that. But then I feel like then start to really dial into nutrition, get the weights moving um, and use cardio as like a tool on top of it. But that's not, that shouldn't be your focus. Like you said. Yeah. 
And I think I, I mean, I have clients who work nutrition only and don't, don't start in the gym at all mm-hmm. because you can, you can lose weight with just nutrition. For sure. Trying to outrun your diet is probably not going to work. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Nicole, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, one? I just, yeah, I think running and weight loss, a lot of people see that it goes hand in hand. Like you try it if you like it. Like some people love running because they get their runners high. It's a sport for them. Like if you love it for mental gains, like absolutely. But if you're doing it and hating it and you think you need to do it to stay lean, there are so many better ways to stay lean than just being a runner. And I did that for several years, 5Ks, all of it. I ran with like a messed up hip flexor the whole entire summer before my wedding because I was scared to gain weight. Because I was like, I'm a runner and runners are lean. And that was just such a messed up mentality. Mm. Did I, I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you ladies. You, you tell me if I have, but um, I, in one of my attempts to lose weight, I decided I was going to train to walk a marathon. So I convinced some girls <laughs> to do this with me. Some of my oh other my friends. God. And we did all of these crazy long training walks. Like I got this like book from this guy about like walking a marathon and we like trained and trained and trained and we'd take these long training walks, but we would go after our walks to this little diner near us and we'd get like, we'd get cream cheese stuffed French toast. <laughs> right? And I'm not joking. This is what we would do on Saturday morning. Oh my God. And then by the time we did the race, I weighed pretty much exactly the same as I had five months before. And I was so confused. Yeah. I was so confused, like all this exercise, like hours and hours a week. And I didn't lose any weight. And it's because I was eating back literally every calorie I burned. Yeah. I think another thing to be said too about cardio, I think this is different for everyone, but maybe you you ladies know, Um, sometimes cardio will give people a really, really intense hunger spike. Um, And I know that if I do cardio and I don't eat uh, like within 30 minutes, at least like starchy carbs within 30 minutes, I will become like ravenous and it, there's like nothing like it. Like, I feel like I haven't eaten in decades, uh, decades of strength, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, I know that sometimes it's actually not a good fat loss tool because it will increase your appetite and you're not, you're trying to control your hunger. And then if you do cardio to burn more calories, but then you spike your hunger so much that you end up eating more calories than you would Mm -hmm. have if you just, you know, were on your regular day, then I think that's when you should be like, okay, let's maybe dial it back a little bit and focus more on the diet than trying to burn more calories in the gym. Yeah, that's definitely something to be aware of. If you find yourself being really hungry and you do a pretty extreme amount of cardio, that's definitely a place to look. Okay, so who's up to tell us another myth? Nicole, I feel like it's okay. you. Um, I kind of have like two that go hand in hand. So one is for like the non-strength training people who feel like if they don't get really good and sweaty, then they didn't get a good workout. Ooh, that's a good and one. For the strength trainers, if they're not sore the next day, then they didn't get a good workout. Love both of those. And both are just mindset, mental, messing with your head things. Yeah. Because it's not true. You you can go and have a 45-minute strength strength training session, and you can, I mean, that's going to benefit you so much. And you might not sweat one ounce, and that's okay. You still got an amazing workout. Um, and you might also not be sore the next day. That doesn't mean you didn't train hard enough. Um, some people never get sore. Some people get sore all the time. 
it really depends on like where you are in your training program and what your body has been through and what you've been doing. So I think both of those can just be like these mindset hurdles that you just need to get over. And if you start seeing results, not getting sore and you start seeing results, not sweating, then I think you'll start to get over it, but no one ever sticks with either or long enough to find out. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. I see that all the time with people. Like they want to be sore. They want to be sweaty. They want to be dripping in sweat. And my new clients will often comment to me, like whether or not it made them sore or whether or not it made them sweaty. And so we have to talk a lot about like, it doesn't matter either way that if you like feeling that way. And quite frankly, if people like getting sweaty, I'll certainly give them a little bit of metabolic conditioning at the end. Cause there's nothing. I mean, some people just like that kind of thing, yeah. but I think you're right. It is so important to know that like what you're looking for to see if your workouts are effective is the results. Like, are you, are you losing fat? Are you gaining muscle? Are you getting more toned? Not like, am I out of breath? am I able to not walk up the stairs the next day? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chasing those results instead of the feeling. Yeah. And I'm totally guilty of that too. Like I, like I look forward to the summertime because there's no air conditioner at our gym and I'm like, I'm going to get good and sweaty. Like, but it doesn't mean I'm getting a better workout than the same exact workout I did in the middle of the winter where I might not have sweated much because it's not 80 degrees out and humid. Yeah. Um, but yeah. liking the feeling is fine. You just have to know that it's not indicative of your workout was good or not. Very true. Sure. Sam, what? What's um, I I mean, I would have to agree. I think a good example of this, just talking about the the sweaty thing. Like, I'm not naturally like a quote unquote sweaty person. It takes me like a really <laughs> warm climate to sweat. Uh, so I do. I do I'm hot jealous, yoga. By the way. <laughs> no because i i do feel the same way that everyone else feels like i wish i sweat more so i could like feel like yeah you know but it's like i'll get, get through my whole workout literally with no sweat i'm like okay like what mm-hmm. but you know it's just something i've come to terms with but i do hot yoga once a week and i know that it's a perfect example because the same yoga class i'll do hot yoga and then i'll do like a not hot yoga class and it's taught by the same instructor it's the same class but one is heated and one's not the heated one, obviously, I'm pouring sweat, like, out of my eyeballs. Like, mm-hmm. if I had makeup on, it's now down my face. Um, yeah. The regular class, not a bead of sweat. It's literally the same class. So yeah. it just goes to show you, like, okay, it's the same intensity. It's just one has heat and one doesn't. Mm-hmm. And if I was to leave the non-heated class and feel like, well, that wasn't a good workout, well, I'd be lying to myself. So just keep in the, like, keep that – keep that in mind like it's it's a lot to do with how your body like regulates heat uh genetics you Mm -hmm. know like do you sweat a lot it's it's like you can't really control it but don't let it dictate whether you think you had a good workout or not i guess yeah because i'm sure there are other people in that class with you who do oh yeah yeah uh and and you're probably working exactly as hard as they are i had an old training partner and we would be literally standing next to each other actually she was new i was training her and she's a friend of mine and she would be literally pouring sweat. Like it would be dripping off of mm-hmm. her nose. And I kept looking at her and thinking like, what in the world? <laughs> like I wasn't sweating at all and because I'm not a sweater yeah. either. It takes, it takes a lot for me to work up a sweat. So yeah. So that's another one of those cues. You don't have to be sweating. You don't have to be sore for it necessarily to be effective. Really good one, Nicole. Yeah. I'm all right, I think we have time for because you'll all be like looking nice and I'll be sweating. Oh no. I mean, my face is still ugly. It's just, I'm not soaked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm making, you know, I make really bad faces and I grunt a lot. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> wait, wait till you hear me breathe on back squats. <laughs> <laughs> <Like a hyena>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to be totally honest, I pee my pants. So there you go. 
<laughs> we're a mess. We have which, all the liquids. <laughs> which, by the way, your sweat is nothing. Going to a urologist next month for that for that issue. So maybe we'll do a podcast. Oh, are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's not a fun issue. Okay, so one more, Sam. Why don't you give us one okay. more? Okay. Um, we'll, we'll talk. Let's up. talk about meal timing and like um, yeah, food after a certain time or before a certain time. So I'll just say like a few that kind of go hand in hand. Um, you need to eat breakfast because it's the most important meal of the day. Um, Have you can't to eat after six or else you will turn into a blob um and you need to eat multiple <laughs> especially if yeah. those are carbs you need to eat at least like five to six meals a day to keep your metabolism revving yeah keep it stoked yeah yes. keep it stoked yeah those are really common ones all of those and i bet if somebody got on google right now and google that you would be able to find a lot of blog posts and a lot of people saying every single one of those is completely uh-huh. yeah, true recording it so yeah. right okay so what What's up with that, guys? What do you What do you think? Where's the, the truth? The truth is in the calorie deficit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess that's really what it comes down to. Like, if you prefer to eat not after six, then don't. But carbs don't know what time it is, and they don't automatically like change properties what? and become more fattening or whatever. Uh, so eat whenever the hell you want. Like, I eat a big meal at about like eight p.m. Maybe, maybe nine, um, and. It hasn't done any done any problems to me. I'm sure maybe you guys feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, the only effect it might have is if you weigh yourself, if you typically eat earlier and then you eat late one night, you might your scale might be up the next mm-hmm. morning because you just have more food in yeah. your stomach. Um, but you have not gained fat because you ate. If you were going to eat, you know, 500 calories at nine in the morning, it would be exactly the same as if you ate those calories at nine o'clock right. at night. Yeah. I- it's comes down to the calories yeah. yeah i think it's also too that you know what the research was saying 10 15 years ago was telling everybody that you had to eat small meals because of insulin sugar spikes and resistance and all of that stuff and nutrition research is so new like it's only like a hundred years old there's so much that we don't know there's so much that we told everybody was science and now we found out it's not and so I think it's just getting everybody up to date on on what the new science is saying, too, which is confusing. Yeah, it is very confusing. Because Sam, what do you have to add to that? No, I, I mean, I think what Nicole was saying, I think particularly about like insulin spike, right? Like if you were to look at your day um, over the course of like a chart and your food looks like, a, you know, like a sine wave, right? Like it's going up and down, up and down, like a ripple. If you eat three meals a day, your sine wave is going to have three spikes. If you eat six meals a day, they're probably going to be a lot smaller because if your total calories are the same, those spikes will be smaller. But all in all, like the total, like, quote unquote, spikage, you know, whether it's three meals or six meals, it's going to be the, to- the, the total, the same net total. Um, yeah, the total is what matters, whereas right. they used to think it was what was happening in that specific spike was the, what mattered. Exactly. And, and now we know that it's not. And so, you know, you had all these doctors telling you one thing 20 years ago, and now you have them all, you know, telling another, you know, so it's keeping yeah. up to date. So, so what's the bottom line then when it comes to mealtime? Eat when is best for you. Yes, your lifestyle. Yep. And, and. And what do you think determines that for a person? Like what factors should they take into account when they're thinking about like, what is best for me? Great question. I think it can change person to person. Um, but mostly it's probably going to be dependent on like their work schedule, if they have kids or not. 
um, if they commute or not, you know, like just when do they have time to eat and fitting in? Like, do I want to have a big ass meal in the morning, wait till like five o'clock and have another big ass meal? Like, do I want just two big meals? Um, Do you like feeling full? Like, is that something that you enjoy or would you rather eat smaller um, less substantive, like lower calorie meals more frequently throughout the day. Yeah. And I think what it all comes down to is trying those things out and seeing like, how do you feel Mm -hmm. the best? Um, what keeps your hunger at bay? What helps you actually get the results you're looking for? You know, if you, if you try one way and it doesn't seem to be working, try another way. Have you guys like been eating the same way that you've, that you're eating now for a while, like in terms of meal frequency? Yeah. I literally have just changed in recent months. I have my entire life been a big breakfast eater, like never even thought about it. Like we'd get up. I really yeah. like to eat. And so I'd get up and I'd be like, yay, breakfast. Yeah. Like let's eat. And so I've always done it. And in recent months I've started shifting. I actually just put this up on my stories today that I've started really trying to pay attention to when mm. I'm hungry. And what I've noticed is I don't usually actually feel the first signs of hunger till like now. Like I started eating right before we got on the podcast. So it was like what 11 time do you train? when I like, it depends. Like I haven't trained yet today. And so that I will base it on that. If I'm going to work out, I will time my yeah. meal um, to be about an hour and a half before that. But I have the flexibility now that if I don't want to train till one in mm-hmm. the afternoon, I can yeah. do that. Um, so, and I think that, oh, that was a piece of it. I would train in the morning. And so I would get up and I would eat and an hour and a half later yeah. I would train. But what I'm realizing is I'm not usually hungry in the morning. That's so interesting. So yeah, and and it can change too, right? Like, so your body will adapt. I think it takes like about a week or two for your you to adapt to like a new eating schedule. But I know personally, like I didn't eat. I used to train fasted uh, at like eight or nine a.m. and I wouldn't eat my first meal until noon um, after I got done my workout Mm -hmm. and got home, and I would eat a huge meal at dinner. And now I eat. I would say like 50% of my food before three o'clock at least like actually maybe 75% of my food happens before 3 p.m. And then I just have one meal before bed and then I wake up ravenous like I could eat my arm. Uh, Wow. And is that because you do you have a really big meal for breakfast because you train in the morning? Yeah, I do. I have a I have like an RX bar or like a Quest bar or something small or banana uh, before I work out just to have a little something in me. And then I'll have a huge ass bowl of oatmeal, typically, uh, like a six or seven hundred, eh, probably like six hundred calorie bowl of oatmeal, at about this time, um, and and that keeps me, which is right yeah, after your workout. Yep. But that wasn't always the case. It was always it was usually like I'd eat a small meal in the morning, maybe, or I'd fast until like one until I was hungry. And now it's just like the eating schedule has totally changed, which is kind of cool. It's like your body can just change like yeah. that. Yeah, I was 100% of, like, lots of small meals throughout the day until very recently. Yeah, I love it. I love feeling full. It's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like it, yeah. too. What about you, Nicole? Nicole, yeah. how, how about um, you? I'm, like, very habitual. So I eat breakfast at 9, I eat lunch at one thirty. I eat dinner at 6, like, every single day. And wow. I have to have, like, a full meal. I eat till I'm full. I have to have a protein, a starch, and a veggie no matter what. Like, I'm like an Irish girl. <laughs> Every meal. Like I, ha- like, I could never just have, like, eggs and sausages. There has to be an English muffin or toast um, or fruit or something. Like, I'm just – even my salad, I have to have, like, some sort of pita on the side. Like, there has to be a carb. 
Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just, we are, and I always eat slowly. Like I'm very regimented in my food, but I hate the feeling of being hangry. Like I don't ever mm-hmm. like being, and I think this is the childhood thing of like not always having food in the house. So mm. like, I don't like to get hungry. And that's a big part of like my, what I work with clients too, like how you grew up and that has a lot to do with your food behavior, but that's me. Like, I don't like that feeling of like super hungriness. So I have my schedule and it works for me and I don't know. But that's exactly it. I think, I think that's the point is like, you have to try stuff and figure it out. What doesn't work. Usually you'll find out what doesn't work pretty quickly. And then like, that will get you closer to what does work. Uh, And it will change. Like, I'm sure it will change over time. And even if you've been doing the same thing for years, like, it's good because it's now just a habit. Like, it's probably one less thing you have to think about. Like, you know your exact timing, and that's amazing. And for for me, too, like, I know the exact portions of the food I'm going to eat because I pretty much eat very similar meals day to day. And so I don't – it's, like, one less thing. I'm like, ooh, how much am I going to have of this? Ooh, maybe I'll have a little bit more. It's like, no, it's just I know what I should do, and then I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think with a lot, let's wrap up here, ladies. I think with a lot of this, actually almost all of this, what we've talked about, what it comes down to is understanding the actual principle behind weight loss and weight maintenance, which is calories. It comes down to calories in versus calories Mm -hmm. out, which then gives you a whole lot of freedom to figure out what works for you as an individual. So what works for Nicole is very specific. What works for Sam is very specific. What works for me is very specific. It's all changed. Well, it sounds like, Nicole, you've been pretty steady with yours, but that with each individual knowing that that's the bottom line and that there's a whole bunch of flexibility then to figure out what's going to help you to get to the results you want is super. Yeah. I think like wrapping up too, it's like you, everyone wants to find the like one size fits all answer. Like, yeah, but I just want to know like the answer. And and then like say you were to tell them whatever the best is because the best would be just what you do. Then they probably wouldn't like that. And they'd be like, no, no, no. Like that's not, (laughs) you know? So I think, I think just like understanding that the reason why there is no answer is because we're all unique snowflakes, you know, like everyone, everyone (laughs) is going to respond differently to, to a different set of circumstances. And so just like trial and error, you'll figure it out and, um, you know, get someone to help you out, like get someone to propose some different ideas to you and then finding what works and you'll be like, Oh, wow. It's like, why haven't I figured this out sooner? And I think that's probably what it comes down to for most people when they find the thing that clicks I think you're totally right Nicole um yeah I think any words to wrap yeah, this up I think you have to do what works for you and don't be embarrassed to try it all like you know if you want to try something just try it and if it doesn't work then who cares you know you don't have to change your Instagram profile to now say I'm a keto girl I think you I think you might have to <laughs> <laughs> Try everybody, but figure out what works. Yeah, but Kim's, <laughs> gonna, Kim's gonna change her bio to serial lover. Serial <laughs> lover. I really do need to put that in there. I do need to put that in there. Okay, so the bottom line, what it comes down to is if you're looking to lose weight, focus on the total number of calories and then be flexible and kind of look at it like an experiment to figure out what works for you, keeping your total energy balance uh, in mind. Yes. And with that, I think we are going to uh, call it. Thanks so much for being yeah, here. Merry with us. Yes. Yes. yes, Merry Christmas to all or whatever you guys Merry celebrate. Merry Christmas to all. And to yes. all a good night. <laughs> Love it. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.
Alrighty, that wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I know I had a lot of fun with it because honestly, those are all things that I thought when I first started out in my own fitness journey. And I wish, I freaking wish someone told me the truth about all those things. Um, But instead, you know, I had to go through the pain and suffering and learning it all myself. And now I hope that you guys have taken advice from us and our mistakes and can bypass a lot of the stuff that we went through so please give me feedback let me know what you guys think and if you haven't already and you do enjoy the podcast I would so appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes and give me a review Um, if you do enjoy the podcast five stars is the way to go so I really really appreciate you and I am looking forward to catching up next week